Cohalette by Madison Scott Clary. Yoan Balan, 2305. Eating was not a necessity in the system. While it was easy to go for months or years without eating, it was something that remained a habit for many of those who chose to upload, remnants of biology. Yoan suspected that there was no small amount of hedonism involved in killing one's body to decamp to a world beyond scarcity. Eating became a purely sensory affair, one focused on taste and scent and company. All the same, dinner was a muted affair. Deer's partner cooked that evening. Yoan sat with the two around the table and tried not to feel like a third wheel. Deer and Yoan made it back to the house as the first cold sprinkles had started to fall. Once they'd reached the patio, they stood a moment and watched, just out of reach of the rain. The weather went from cloudy, through sprinkles and drizzles, to stormy. Yoan focused primarily on the sound, the way that I was able to pick out the individual sounds of droplets striking dry grass during the sprinkles, the static of the drizzles, the rush and roar of the storm itself. A could not guess what Deer was thinking. It stood, watching the rain and shivering. It looked contemplative, pensive, somewhere north of sad, south of simply thoughtful. Johan sifted for the word, gave up, and guided the fox back into its house. Johan felt some energy return with a mix of curry and lentils and rice. Calories, an empty term, that is nonetheless what it felt like, like eating a hearty meal, regaining strength. Perhaps it was just the act of being present, of existing, engaging with one's sensorium, mindfulness. Perhaps that was why so many within the system still engaged with food after all. Deer picked up someone with the food. Not as much as Johan had, nor, it seemed, as much as its partner had hoped, judging by their own apparent anxiety. Dinner was good, necessary, but plagued with silences. Even after, as the three sat talking, their conversation was full of nothings. It wasn't until they poured their wine and moved to the couch that Deer began to open up. I script a lot of my conversations, perhaps most, it said, staring into its glass, wide-rimmed to make way for a fox muzzle to lap. Yoan felt strange drinking wine from something more akin to a bowl. A looked up. Hmm? I was just thinking. It shrugged, swirling its wine. It took a few laps. Earlier, when I was sharing that bit about the name with you, I had that all scripted. It was all pulled together in my head. The whole thing. I would make a few jokes, lead you on, tell you the name, and then we would bask in the wonder and truth of it. Yoan nodded silent. Just like I spent dinner scripting this conversation. Deer's partner gave its shin a playful kick. The fox grinned. It is thoroughly ingrained. I am pretty sure most people do it. It is just... It frowned, sighed. I had the whole thing scripted and planned, and then you asked questions, as you are meant to, of course, and my script collapsed. I went off script, you mean? Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I... Oh, goodness, no. Deer laughed, shaking its head. 
I am trying to apologize here. Do not steal my thunder. I just meant to say that you asked good questions and got me thinking. And I was not expecting that. It likes to proclaim, teased Deer's partner. It is not not true. Deer smirked. But anyway, I'm sorry I got all quiet. I did not mean to put a damper on things. You didn't. I... I did, though. Dinner was like some depressing silent movie. Don't sulk, Fox, its partner said. Dinner was fine, and let poor Yoan finish. Yoan grinned, letting the banter play out before continuing. All I had meant to say was that I was worried I'd offended with my questions. Not at all. The fennec furrowed its brow. I mean, not really. I felt offended, is what I mean to say. When you asked how Kohalet would react to you being part of this investigation, it stung. An unfair reaction, I admit, just one from the gut. I was offended because that made me realize that I'd invited you along as some sort of tool. Something I could wave about and say, see, look what I have. A tool or a trophy. Offense born of shame. Yoan looked down into her wine, taken aback. Doubly unfair of me, and for that I apologize. Deer raised its glass in a salute. So, you asked a really good question because it made me question my role in this hunt. It made me think of what others would think. Me bringing along an amanuensis and historian. It made me think of why I am doing so. Something I had not considered as well as I thought. And I think the reason for me doing so goes further than even I had planned. I think I have you along as a means of keeping me grounded, a means of keeping the clade from just doing what the clade has always done, yet again, of... The fox abruptly stopped talking and set its glass down on the table. Its ears were standing erect and its fur bristled down the back of its neck, hackles raised. It looked frantic. Johan looked to Deer's partner for explanation. They sent a very faint sensorium ping in response. Sensorium message. That was it. The message lasted less than a minute before the fox leapt off the couch and dashed off to another room, forking almost as an afterthought along the way. The fork turned quickly and padded back to the couch. It didn't seem to be able to sit and instead kept pacing in front of the couch, in front of Yoan and its partner. After a few tense laps of wine, it said, Kohalet just sent me a message. Yoan rushed to place her glass on the table with tears. You mean life? He asked me to call him Kohalet, but yes, he sent me a message. Can I pass it on? Deer didn't wait. The message began with a sickening flash, highest priority. It came with a rush of adrenaline and sensation of falling, sudden and intense fear replaced with an incongruously jovial voice, an old voice, almost Santa Clausy. The contrast made Johan's teeth ache. Hi, dear. This is Kohalet. Not life breeds life, but death must now be chosen, but Kohalet. I am glad to see that you have kept at it and gotten so close. I am not sending this to deter you, but to cheer you on. I am going to send you a bit more information. Just you, mind. But I want you to get the rest of the clade in on this. I want to see if you can get them working with the same delightful fervor you and Johan have. So, anyway, here's the bone I'm going to toss. You should be looking at the node starting 32C5A64B. That will get you right to my door. 
you may need another node, 0FEDCBBB, to help too. You already have the key, I think. I expect most, if not all of you though, do you understand? You are lovely, dear, and I cannot wait to see you and your friend, but I would like to host as much of the clade as I can. I am quite excited for this, and I am totally looking forward to seeing you all, yes? There was a moment's silence, a sense of lingering, and then, Oh, and thank you, dear. You have made this a treat. You are the closest one to the thing I am after, and I am glad this tickled you as much as it has me. I think you and I both know why, too. Anyway, see you soon, Fox. Cheers. The relative calm that fell over Johan signified that the message had ended. Holy shit! A slouched back onto the couch, eyes wide. Right? Hold on. Do not go anywhere. Going to reduce conflicts while I make the calls. The fork of deer quit without fanfare. Johan shook her head and said again, quieter, Holy shit. A reached for a glass of wine. Bone I'm going to toss, hmm? Deer's partner mused. He makes it all sound like a game. Johan nodded and watched them spin their wine glass between their palms by the stem, watched the wine creep up the sides from the centripetal force. It showed you too, then? A asked. They laughed. Of course. I know I've not been hitting the books or the streets like you two have, but I'm still in this. I was the one who pointed it to you. A nodded, feeling her cheeks flush. Of course, sorry. Do you know what he meant by closest one to the thing I'm after? Maybe. I only really have an inkling, though, and I'd rather let Deer explain. Johan nodded. That's fair. There was an uneasy silence for a few minutes. The two sat on the couch, sipping their wine and mulling over the message. For Earhart, Johan was considering the strange dichotomy of the familiarity with which Kohelet had addressed Deer. See you soon, Fox as well as why that fact seemed incongruous to him. It was difficult to think of Kohelet as a member of the same clade as Deer after so long of striving to believe the opposite. Hard to think of him as someone with whom Deer shared a rude identity after so long of thinking of this person as someone entirely different. Silences have their own rhythms, Yoan knew, so he waited until there came a point at which he could ask, About all this, do you know much more about the whole name business? Deer's partner looked up. Who? Kohelet's? No, I mean the whole name of the poet. Ah, they shrugged. Not particularly. I just know it's something the clade has an almost religious fixation on, most of them, at least. Do you know it? They laughed. Oh, goodness, no. I mean, well, do you know why Deer's a fox? Why's that? Because it likes foxes. Yoan felt as if he'd stumble, and Deer's partner laughed. Seriously, that's true, but also it was an experiment. I don't know the name because I'm not allowed to know the name. That much is obvious from the clade's reaction to this whole business. But I also don't know the name because I'm pretty sure Deer doesn't even know it. Not anymore. How do you mean? I thought that all the old clade knew the name. Kept it secret and close to their hearts or something. Many do, I've been told. And I think that Deer does this too, in its own way. That means doing its best to forget it and move on. To get to the acceptance stage of grief. Deer's partner nodded. 
so it did its best to forget. Is that something someone needs to work on? Have you forgotten anything recently? I... well... Yoen stopped and thought for a moment. It was a difficult question to comprehend, much less answer. How could I know whether or not I had forgotten something by going back through her thoughts? All the same, I prowled through her memories, even just those from the time I had been spending with Deer. They were jumbled, sure, lots of impressions, but no, nothing was forgotten that I could think of. With focus, I could recall the entire afternoon on the prairie with startling precision. I'll spare you the details by passing on some thoughts from Deer, they said. We aren't gifted with eidetic memories when we upload, but neither can we truly forget anything we experience after that point. It's as though each memory is labeled with a priority level from 0 to 10, and when it hits 0, it's forgotten. Except the actual scale only goes down to 0.00001 or something. We can kick it way to the back of our minds, way down the priority list, but we can't forget it. The system won't let us. Yoan nodded slowly. So, dear tried to forget, tried to kick that memory all the way to the back of its mind. What does that have to do with being a fox, though? Know much about exocortices? Sure, I've got a few up and running for storing long-term stuff. Hell, I've got one for this project. Isn't that kind of like forgetting? Almost, but you can never forget they exist, can never forget the passphrase. Yoan frowned directing it to her wine rather than Deer's partner. But exos also need a part of your sensorium to match, right? That way you can't just tell someone your passphrase and let them in. Yoan's frown deepened. It had a hunch of where this was headed. So Deer put the name into an exo all by itself and then tried to change its sensorium enough that it couldn't get back in. I see, Yoan said, sipping at her wine again. Dry. It left him parched. It's a fox because it likes foxes, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was to no longer be quite the same deer that put the name into the exo. Deer's partner nodded. How did it do that? By forking? Another nod. Forking and mutating, forking and mutating. You can change your form easily enough, but it's much harder to change your sensorium. I don't even know how many times or tweaks it took. That's how it got into instance artistry. Damn. <laughs> That's intense. Deer's partner grinned. It's an intense fox. True enough. It'll be back soon, though. Let me throw a question back at you. What are your thoughts on the last thing Kohelet said? I think you and I both know why. Yoan settled back onto the couch with the remainder of her wine and thought for a moment. I'm wondering if he was talking about what Deer did to forget the name. On one hand, it sounds like sort of a congratulations, like, I'm glad you were able to move on, but after all that talk of the clade and all of what Deer said earlier, I'm not sure if that's the whole story. How do you mean? Well, has Deer mentioned to you the more conservative side of the old clade? Its partner winced. Plenty. It said that Kohelet was from that conservative side. I wonder if that's not working out well for them. Conservatism? Yeah, retaining all of those things from the original Michel Hadje, yet following a dispersionista path more in letter than in spirit. Dear called them batty. It's called them that to me, too. I'm just wondering if it's right, Yoan said, finishing her wine. Maybe they are batty, 
and getting worse. You've been listening to Kohalet by Madison Scott Clary, book one of the Post-Self Trilogy. Read by the author. Kohalet and this podcast are released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Music by Chad Crouch, released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial license. Kohalet is available as a paperback and ebook at kohalet.makyo.inc. That's Q-O-H-E-L-E-T-H dot M-A-K-Y-O dot I-N-K. If you'd like to support more of my writing, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash makyo. That's patreon.com slash M-A-K-Y-O. Thanks for listening.